stand-up comic joke it up one time. Funny. The paradise, 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 yeah, duh. I mean, it's uh, clearly, hopefully. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very terrified. Yeah. To let's talk about sets. This is the comedy nerd fest, all about the science and craft of stand-up comedy. And in the sidecar today, with his tongue lolling like a dog, he walks. Is my co-host and human puppy dog, Harrison Tweed. Hi. I draft all of Jeff's texts for him. <laughs> He's so good at it. If you got a good, if you've got a text from Jeff, I looked over it. <laughs> <laughs> and today's theme is the setup. And our wildly charismatic and occasionally funny guest is Jeffrey Asmus. Hey. Wait, no, 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 no. Uh, occasionally charismatic and wildly funny guest. Yes, thank As-mouse. you. Yeah. Yes. Asmouse. 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 Asmus. 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 That's right. Thank uh, you. <laughs> is Jeffrey Osmus. That's me. We're going to get started with a bit that our guest picked by Rodney Dangerfield. It's The Stars Salute the President, and it's from 1981. You know the trouble with me? I appeal to everyone who can do me absolutely no good. <laughs> with me, nothing comes easy. I met the Surgeon General. He offered me a cigarette. <laughs> That's the story of my life. No respect. I don't got no respect at all. Do you kidding? This afternoon, I was in a bar. They told me to get out. They wanted to start the happy hour. I mean, it's not easy being me. Well, last week, my house was on fire. My wife told the kids, be quiet. You wake up daddy. I finally got some respect. They asked me here tonight, you know. And I'll tell you, I'm surprised I'm here. I mean, I voted for Randolph Scott. <laughs> I never got that. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. That holds up well. Yeah. Why did you pick that bit? For setups, he does like a basic, like, cliche and then he gets to the joke so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I was with the Surgeon General, and we're all like, oh, Surgeon General warning. And, he gets the joke in like maybe I guess it's like twelve words or whatever mm-hmm. the setup punchline. He's just a master of yeah, the concise me, nature of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's why I like him. Yeah, so I was much. at a bar. They kicked me out because they want to start happy hour. Yeah, it's just it's just right. so basic, but mm-hmm. what we all should aspire to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. Does it waste time on his setups? They they no. flow seamlessly into the punchline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. He is he is the sort of epitome of one liner. Yeah. yeah right. It's I not, think so. Most most things that people call one liners are two liners. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like one line. Yeah, he never goes more than one line, right. really. Yeah. That's that's great because it's Ronald it's in front of Ronald Reagan and Ronald Reagan's like dying in the crowd. Yeah. It's like in front of like the Republican convention or something. And he's just really? cru- that's why he does the joke, people who can't help me or whatever. Yeah. Like I appeal for people who can't help me. Oh. I think that's what he's referencing. I'm guessing. I mean we can infer that 
that it was yeah. the opposition. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's impressive because he has like kind of like misdirect punchlines, but you know he's going to be self-deprecating in the joke because he just keeps coming back to like his old person. Right. Like, I get no respect. But the way he like phrases things, it's it is a surprise every time when he gets to the punchline, even though the setup is so like his whole act is kind of a premise. Yes. His whole yeah. act is a premise. So then it cuts down on the amount of words that he needs to get to the joke because mm-hmm. you already believe in this like, oh, it's going to be self-deprecating. So he doesn't have to say that every time. Yeah, his act is part of the setup. Yeah, it, exactly. his whole his so whole persona cool. is part of the setup. So he does. You're right. He doesn't have to set it up again. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about with setups is that a setup is like the the vehicle and what's and the people inside of it are the premise mm-hmm. in the, and and in this case like he's delivering something and you already know the people inside you know that what's inside is i get no respect right right and that's uh, that is even the premise but the setup how he sets up i get no respect is always what's interesting yeah like with the surgeon general mm-hmm. or the bar mm-hmm. yeah whatever exactly. he wraps that central premise in that whatever setup he puts that premise in because it's like it's not like he's like oh, now we're going to talk about nasa like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah you know yeah. it's me and my you know uh, no no one respects me yeah exactly his premise is four words or i get no yeah four words right yeah <laughs> over and over it's brilliant oh, uh-huh. it's brilliant this is one of your major influences right yeah I don't. I, I don't think my comedy is like Rodney Dangerfield at all. But I really appreciate his word economy and mm-hmm. how, like we said, his craftsmanship. Like he doesn't. I doubt if you time his sets, he goes more than ten seconds without a laugh. You know that's that's odd because you're wearing a smoking jacket right now. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's uh, who I am. I'm Rodney oh, Dangerfield, oh, but yeah. not on stage. You yeah. take that off to yeah. go on stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> off stage, I'm Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, very <laughs> confident on stage though. <laughs> I don't really think my comedy is really anything like Ronnie Dangerfield, but my the way I write, I try to... How so? If you did mathematically his laughs per minute, like I think a lot of times people, their setups are so long, they'll have like four senses of setup, mm-hmm. and then you see Ronnie Dangerfield and you're like, oh, you, you can have a joke every eight to ten seconds. Like yes. you realize that the bar is so high that you can't... I, I try not to fuck around with like long setups or mm-hmm. whatever. It's harder, obviously, but I think when you get it right, it's well. Let it's me ask: you, Does it does it limit the topics that you can talk about? Because um, sometimes you have to teach people a little bit, not I, without letting them know you're teaching them. Right. I think you have to learn how to make the setups funny, mm-hmm. or in, in in then that can be difficult. You can make a setup yeah. a punchline, and then it sets up the next one, sets up the next one. Right. Hopefully, right, 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 right. So you um, and we're gonna get to that. One of the bits we'll play later does that a lot, mm-hmm. where the previous joke is the setup for the next joke. Yeah, I think um, that's like the end goal. Right, right, and with a setup that the punchline sets up the next joke, then you get on a roll. Mm-hmm. But the pitfall I think with trying to be funny in the setup is you can easily become hack. Like if you're trying to be funny in the setup, like and make the setup itself funny, it can be a really hack. Give a good example of when the when it works and when it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And it can be from your own act. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can tell you uh I will get nervous because my set I'm talking about, you know, fucking 
I don't know, Alfred Kinsey. And I'm nervous because I'm delivering a lot of information without laughs, right? Yes. And so if I genuinely find a part of that funny, then I can talk about that part that I think is funny. But if I try to make it funny, even though I don't think it's funny, I think that's where hack lands. It comes uh, off as disingenuous, you think, and they can tell you I don't think believe so. in it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, if you start a joke off and try to be funny too quick and they don't like the first joke, then mm-hmm. they're done because if the first domino doesn't fall, the rest of them aren't going to go. And then you just right. bomb 30 punchlines in a row. Or <laughs> I don't know if this is exactly what you're alluding to. You could say something about the way you live your life. And then you might write a joke that's like a general hack comedic angle to that lifestyle or that decision mm-hmm. in your life. And you'd be like, I don't actually think that about myself. Sure. <laughs> but like they can see that in you. So mm-hmm. like, but you, that might be your reflex as a writer is a young, if you're like a young comic is like, well, I have to make sure they know I have a sense of humor about myself. Even if this isn't my sense of humor about myself, right. this is probably what theirs would be. One definition of hack is that you are thinking about what the audience wants instead of what you think is funny. Like right. you're like, I think they want this, so I'm going to give them this. Yes. As opposed to being the artist that comes up with something new for them. Like mm-hmm. you see that they're all vaping, so you say, I love vaping, even though you <laughs> yeah. have emphysema or right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. So when I'm in that setup and I'm nervous about the setup, I'm thinking they want this to be funny, so I'm going to try to make this thing funny that's not necessarily funny. And so I'm, I'm writing from the perspective of a disinterested audience member mm-hmm. instead yeah. of writing from my own perspective, which is this is the part that I think is funny. This is why. Right. Right? That's the only pitfall I can see. But as the bit develops and you have your central setup and premise and, and, and punchline, that works. Then you can work backwards and start and, to... Oh, yeah. And punch up the intro uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I agree. Yeah, you have to start maybe with... A 30-second setup, but you can crunch it down. I think what he did was open up uh, edginess about, like, marriage and stuff like that. Like and the, self-deprecation. His, and yeah. Stuff. The, and he was coming in a time when the man is always right. Like, the wife stays at home. Like, you're you're making fun of how dumb your wife is, essentially. Right. And he's coming in. It's like, my wife doesn't respect oh, me. That's she some interesting fucks context. other people. Mm. She, like, yeah. she she doesn't think I'm hot. <laughs> like, my kid, she wants to take my kids away from me. Mm-hmm. I think he did have a pretty tough life, too. Like, I think he was, yeah. like, an alcoholic. I think some mm-hmm. of it's real. Obviously. Mm-hmm. He got famous really old. He yeah, was, like, he, 50 he, yeah. yeah. Obviously, I don't think the actual events in his jokes happen, but I do think he is. You don't think he died in a fire because yeah. his family. <laughs> yeah. I bet he was a guy at the yeah. bar that would be like, oh, my wife, my wife doesn't respect me. Like, and I bet like that's when people were like, you should fucking do stand up. Right. right. There's this take my wife stuff that's really blown. I up. like the con uh, until you went out on that limb there. This is how his life went. Uh, <laughs> I like the context that you just gave it. Uh, well, he's just a guy yeah, at the bar. Yeah. 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 No, no. The, the, no, the, before that, where you said he was self deprecating on himself a, like, at a time when the guy was. Oh, right. yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's refreshing too because now comedy is very serious and you. You gotta yes. like learn about everyone's life and their mm. childhood and I, it's that's great sometimes but sometimes i just want stupid yeah. jokes for 10 minutes just, i love that shit too just I like do. punch 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 get out of here to your point actually i was just listening to another podcast and it was talking about um i think it was bill burr was on the podcast and he was talking about how like with all this stuff with like trump and like everyone's freaking out and everything's so polarizing it was like the answer is not like a george carlin right now the answer is like a steve martin like a silly person right. that can connect everyone together mm. that we don't have to have like yeah. ideologies in line yeah. with jeff dunham we have jeff dunham we have <laughs> yeah. jeff dunham 
Dunham. Bring the Dunham back. Yeah, yeah got it. <laughs> God damn. If you want to bring America together, you need puppets. People love puppets. Yeah. Undeniable. To me, like I like Roddy Dangerfield, but I feel like there, there's just not a lot of meat on the bone with him. Because you never um, get to know. It's all fake. It's I mean. all fake. Yeah. And I, I, again, I love what he's doing, and I respect it, and it's impressive. He wouldn't and like I, it. Yeah. <laughs> it actually goes against his persona. Yeah, so. you're not supposed <laughs> to respect <laughs> him. No respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I just ruined his act. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Paradoxically. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I respect what he's doing, but to me... I, I don't know. Like, there's just... There's You're not, not being let in. Yeah. He became famous at a time before people... Like, Richard Pryor uh-huh. was, like, uh-huh. essentially the first person to, like, really let you in. Right. I guess Bill Cosby let you in, but uh, clearly... He, not, some, he not didn't let us in all the way. Not all the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not quite the way. <laughs> yeah, they're just things that, like, yeah. he left out. Yeah. He was getting to that. He was going to do a big album about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just didn't get to give him a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what a setup is. Okay. Because, uh, I mean, we know we are, we swim in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Well, we were even disagreeing earlier about what it is. Yeah. I think a lot of it's, it's a... Well, the simplest like thing to say is it's the first half of a joke. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? It's the first part. It's before the punchline. Right. But could right. be funny. Could right. be funny. Yeah. Right. I've seen it said that it's the part that gives all the information that you need so that people understand the joke. Mm. But I would take it a step a little bit to the side of that. I would say it's it's whatever is needed to make the joke work. Or it's all the information except the missing piece that is the punchline, yeah. maybe. It can be that. If I could generalize it enough to make it work for every setup... It's whatever is necessary to make the joke work when the punchline arrives. Oh, yeah. I, as, I mean, I think it's kind of a shitty definition. I like it. But it, like it, it. it doesn't limit it to words. It doesn't li- because yes. sometimes it's a it's a wink. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a pause where people fill in the blank of the, whatever they think is next. Mm. Right. That can be part of the setup and missing that pause where people fill it in with their assumptions of what's coming next. You don't have the right setup anymore. So there's also like setups for setups and punchlines. Like, for instance, you hate when I do this, but Nate Margazzi has a joke. Where he's like, <laughs> I'm so dumb. If I went to the past, I wouldn't make a difference. OK. Setting up. I'm so stupid. I would not have help people in like the the 1920s is his Mm -hmm. example with anything technological even though i know that we have all this technology in the future i don't actually have the ingredients to help you with that but then he goes on this whole thing where it's taught him talking to a guy in the 20s -hmm. so and he'll be like we don't uh you know we have phones that uh don't need a cord or whatever or that are in our pockets so that's another setup and then the guy is like well how do they do that and he's like Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and that's a punchline. So mm-hmm. it, it's like there can be a variety of setups and punchlines within like a larger bit, but there can be this mass setup which states like the scene that you're about to paint. It's like a series of umbrellas that get smaller and smaller. Yes. Like it's yeah. all under it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. so. Yeah. I really liked um, what Harrison Greenbaum said in a previous Never episode. Harrison tweet, though. No, 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 no. I have yeah, never no. said that. <laughs> I, I really liked what the better Harrison said, <laughs> that a good joke is like a good murder mystery, that you when you get to the punchline, they need to feel like they could have put it together. And right. that if they ha- didn't have enough information or the right, like the right pieces, and you just spring it on them out, of, then you're just like, where the fuck did that come from? 
it's too far out, too far in left field. Right. Whereas, or if it was so obvious, then it's not a fun mystery. You're just like, I figured mm. this out more be- before the halfway point. Which is like hackery, essentially. Could be, yeah, but, or just okay. a bad joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or a bad not joke. hack because hacks do well, yeah. so they don't figure it oh, out. You're right. They laugh. You're right. I mean, yeah. point. that's the problem with being a hack is you do well. But they, <laughs> but they're doing well with people oftentimes that are not. Uh, Comedy savvy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So maybe, well, I was going to call them dumb, but that's not what I feel about them. <laughs> Hacking can be done in a way that's. You don't like uh, it when people call you dumb, Harrison. I so do like on. it. I oh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it has, yeah. yeah. Just keep thinking I'm dumb. I'm thinking this shit. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's still I'll attention. I'll destroy so. you, just, but it will take a while. Um, <laughs> okay. But anyway, so there's there's a version that's like a bad joke, and then there's versions that just it isn't a joke. Is like the thing where it comes out of left field. It's like, well, this isn't actually anything at all. Because you said it was all a dream in the th- like in the murder mm-hmm. mystery thing. Right. It's like, oh, it's all a dream. That's your easy way out. Or like when the joke is that it's random. I mean, that can be funny, but that's yeah. like a lot. That's like an alt comedy. A lot of alt comedies. Yeah. Like, they're the setup and punchline don't match. So that's why it's funny almost because mm-hmm. it's a bad setup. It's not logical. Yeah, it's in not logical. Even within itself. Right. Yeah. yeah. Look how funny it is that this joke doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's like oh doing like an ironic impression. Like, this is like if Steve Buscemi worked at Wendy's or something. It's like, Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who knows what? Pterodactyl screeching. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> who knows what the point is? Yeah. But. I like how some setups. It creates this expectation, right? But that expectation could be that you're talking about something in a smart way, but then I'm expecting you to have a smart conclusion, but it's super stupid, right? Or vice versa. You ha- you're t- saying something super dumb, and then and the expectation is you're going to keep being dumb, but then you end with this flourish, Brilliant. right? Right. right. Yeah. Or you oh. could double down, be smart, smart, dumb, dumb. Uh huh. I think that's often not <laughs> yeah. as funny. Compartmentalized but... stupidity and brilliance is so funny in comedy yeah. when it's just like tagged. As opposed to just right. like the essence of the joke. Being able to act dumb in a funny way is a brilliance, too, in oh, a way. Yeah. Like, to pretend you're an idiot, but also be hilarious, I think. They're yeah. not idiots. Yeah, no, definitely. People who are dumb can't write a good joke. Like, yes, I don't yeah. think it works. Yeah. I also like saying what you want to say in a setup and then cutting the legs out of your point right. and the punchline. I love that. I didn't even really notice that until I was really studying Chappelle and I was studying Louis and they do that a lot where they'll make this like interesting societal critique and at the end it's kicked her in the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kicked her at the very the, uh, yeah. The or they like thing. say that it's bullshit. Like mm-hmm. they set you up to be like, oh, this is a pro abortion joke, but then it's just cutting that down. Yes. The whole, that's, yes. that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's an example of how, how, how setups, it's not just the words. It, it can be the feel, right? The, yes. the feeling of like um, smart, dumb, dumb, smart. It can be like I think a major mistake that people make right now is uh, you have a woke setup and you got a woke punchline. Right. There's not no, funny. No tension. Yeah. There's no tension. Yeah. yeah so you can't, nothing to cut. Yeah. They're like, they're like, I agree with this. I still agree with this. Yeah. <laughs> and that'll work for some audiences, but those sure. audiences are probably more supporting the ideas rather than like, I got to follow this comedian because they're not learning anything from that comedian. The I point s- of a comedian, a good comedian set is, I mean, like, if you're talking about, like, making it a career, is, like, 
I liked this comedy so much. I can't wait to hear what they think of next. Like I want to see the next show so I can see their thoughts on even more. Mm -hmm. And so when the audience just agrees with your setup and your punchline. Yeah, you're just, not changing their mind no. at all. It's just the and same. Just like, I will invite them to brunch. I'm not going to buy a I've, ticket to see yeah. them. <laughs> you know? Brunch comedy. Yeah. Brunch comedy, yeah. I've started like telling, if like an audience claps, I'd be like, this is embarrassing. Don't clap. <laughs> <laughs> you should not be clapping. An expected applause break is... Whereas, oh, whereas like, like a, a not woke setup... Like where people are just like, whoa, where are you? Are, are you a racist? Like, like that or whatever it is, like a not woke setup followed by a woke punchline. That's hilarious. Yes. It's so fun to watch people get more and more upset. And then you have then, then the, whatever woke means for that person yeah. or that audience. Then you then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I like, thought it was horrible for a second. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's or, like the end of Scooby-Doo. Like, oh, he was a good guy all along. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> even more than that, I love a woke setup followed by a not woke punchline. I love that's the best. Those I are, love a, a just a that that's I like think, a heartfelt setup. Yes, where you and you say you say probably what you really mean in that in the setup, but then you just make it horrible at the yeah. end. Right. Uh, my favorite street joke is horrible. Uh, it's awful. It's it's so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got. I want to tell my favorite. After okay, this okay, too. okay. Yeah, because like, I love the setup of it. So it's the, a guy. He's walking along on a trail, and he's comes upon a cliff, and then he sees this girl, and she's like crying. It's a young girl. She's crying on the on the top of the cliff, and and um and I'm gonna say it in a British accent because that's how I heard it. And he's he's like, oh, darling, what's the matter? And she points over the edge of the cliff, and there's two dark red spots that used to be her parents. And she's like, my mommy, my daddy, my mommy, and daddy. And he just and he, he looks at her, he's like, oh. And he he takes starts to take off his belt, and she says, what are you doing? He goes, it's just not your day, love. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Oh wow, that is now dark. What I thought. Right, right, right. Oh, wow. it, it's so bad. But I, what I the reason I enjoy that joke is because it's just like there you there's you, there's nothing in your mind that says that that's where it would go. Like, you're just like, it, it's already where you think it, the worst it could possibly be. Yeah, you, be. you think it's going to go back to being good, yes. but yeah. somehow it goes yes. further. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. It starts dark and it ends darker and it's so wrong and it's just, oh God, it makes oh, me laugh funny. so hard yeah. um, because of the shock of this doesn't, I expect this to get better, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Of yeah. Talking with you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> God, All right, good. now you tell oh, Mine's really short and not as dark as that, but some homeless <laughs> no guy rape told me there's no rain, no rain, no trigger warning needed. It's uh what's worse than ants in your pants? What? Uncles. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> some homeless guy told me that I was like, that's the best joke I've ever heard. It's like ten words. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it is I a great it. joke. But again, like, uh, like the, the, as a Jew, I like the one that's like, what's the difference between a Jew and a canoe? A canoe's tip. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Just a racist I'm Jewish. I'm Jewish. Jeff's Jewish. It's fine. Uh, yeah. And it's okay. I walked on a path once. Yeah. It's, so, a yeah. Great, it's great word economy. <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I like word economy with the setups. You yeah. get to it quick. That's what I appreciate. Yeah. 
I, I was thinking also, oh, sorry. I love like David Cross setups. They're so long and like he just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds that when he tips over the edge of it, the laughter, he's just such a master at building the tension. Then he hits and then he just keeps riding that wave and hitting it, hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. And right. to me, it's like a roller coaster. Just like click, 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 I think when that's done right, it's the greatest. But like, I think some people are lazy and they're like, they can only write a punchline every 45 to 60 seconds. So they just do that because they literally can't figure out how to get a laugh more than once a minute. I was going to say, I love David Cross, but I hate his derivatives because his derivatives do. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they don't deliver. David Cross is really condescending, but also really silly and really dark and kind of gross. But what his derivatives often do are just trying to be right and like really pretentious about it the entire joke. And right. it's like, oh, I get it because they were all dumb. Okay, mm-hmm. yep, there you are. They don't cut You're down s- at all. They don't cut themselves down at no, all or not, anything. Yeah, and they just oh, it, it very much annoys me. But I, yeah, David. I was thinking that the setup could also be like as simple as like what you wear on stage, like Anthony oh, Jeselnik, like him oh. dressing up in a suit and everything mm-hmm. is a setup that he's like, this like good looking business guy who you think is going to say like smart, nice things, but then he cuts it down with like these really dark and filthy things that yeah. you'd expect like a homeless guy in the gutter to say. And so. this supports my theory that a premise sits within a setup. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause he's got lots of premises that are within the setup of his character. Of him there. having slick back hair. Yeah. He looks really nice. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Like him looking like a choir boy that grew but up. But then he, he kind of does this thing. That's kind of like, did you, you've seen American psycho? I've read I read the book. Read I hate book. to say that. He but. kind of plays like a, the main character's name is Patrick Bateman. And his persona is kind of like a Patrick Bateman because oh, yeah. he is dressed like this guy that you're thinking is either going to be nice or just kind of normal and to himself. And then he's got these dark, twisted thoughts that just come out of this like, right. put together stature. And I feel like what you're saying, like you don't expect him to say all this like disgusting, exactly. awful shit. But once he keeps saying it, you're like, oh, this is like a whole character. Yeah, exactly. Like, you are dressed this way because like you're like just because you're like dressed well and doing well. And he has a lot of jokes where he's he's like, I'm filthy fucking rich. Like that will be like a part of a setup. But it all sits like his setup of his character develops over time because it goes from like oh i didn't expect that from this guy to being like oh yeah now i expect you are this. that crazy guy right that we're not assuming has all these deviant thoughts yeah. but you're because you're so put together that's like one of the first things of advice i got in comedy is like the manager of this club was like it seems stupid but it's important like it matters so much what you wear on stage like yeah. i used to wear like goofy like t-shirts but then i did like goofy stand-up and he's like you can't wear goofy clothes you have to juxtapose like you have to wear like drug like a big drug poncho but then say really nice things or wear a business (laughs) suit and say really mean things like it has to be like juxtaposition yeah it does shouldn't matter but it does a lot it's weird i have this (laughs) v-neck that's like kind of like it's kind of objectively it it's like a sexier shirt i would say <laughs> you it is and i will go out of my way to perform in it to see if the writing's strong enough because it's too because you're not unlikable. Saying, i'm so sexy but it's like why is he wearing such sexy attire <laughs> it needs to be funnier than the 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 outfit is like yeah revealing or like more like you know like I guess like it's like a shirt like Chris D'Elia would wear. 
Yeah, but, but that's he, his persona. His a, persona that's his setup. Is, yeah, drunk yeah. girls are like this, but I don't talk about that shit. So right. I need them to think I'm a completely three-dimensional person, but wearing that shirt right. helps me juxtapose against that. Exactly. You know? False premises. I love false premises. False premises are uh, maybe my favorite way to write a joke, which is you set up a reality that only exists within the joke, mm-hmm. but there's enough enough truth to it in the real world that they'll still come along with you. Like a good example is uh, Dane Cook had that old bit about uh, public restrooms always being wet, but that's not true. Right. But we know which kind of public restrooms he's talking about, so the joke works. And we can imagine it. It's not like a far-fetched idea. Totally. It's not like all public restrooms have peanut butter on the floor. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. an easy thing to understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, especially it's like a guy on the road. They're also sold a lot, most of the time with a lot of uh, personality and mm-hmm. a lot of – it's just like a lot of salesmanship needs to go into the bit for it to be um, – uh, a false premise because they have to believe for a moment that, at uh, least they need to believe this yeah for they need moment. to believe it for a moment uh-huh. but they also got to believe that you are so you must be right because of the way you're performing it right because like it's like because if you're just kind of like isn't it weird that uh, uh public restrooms it's like everything's like all wet and then people <laughs> are like, it's you got it. Yeah, you got to fucking you, yell it. Be like, like why is everything fucking wet? It's really important for that. Like Chris Rock does a lot of like preachy false premise where he's like, women can't go down in lifestyle. Like women, it's like they they can go down in lifestyle. That's right. Not, that's sexist to think they can't. But he just keeps saying like they can't do it. Or like Bill Burr has the one about how there there are times where you need to hit a woman. Like obviously oh, yeah. he doesn't believe that. Well, I ho- I don't think he does. Oh totally. <laughs> but he's yeah. Like, I think it doesn't. They don't work as well on social media anymore though, because <laughs> no. I've noticed a couple of times I post like a false premise on Facebook and then people will like comment like links to studies that prove it wrong and i was yeah. like what you think i believe this yeah i think it falls apart online sometimes i think it's really hard to sell anyone on your person like a personality bit as a tweet or something yeah it exactly needs to be performed yeah to they be have to see life. your energy to be honest i'm still not 100 percent clear on their usage i don't know it's a little false premises are a little fuzzy for me hmm you don't think they're funny? Or no, you don't? it's not that. They're fuzzy. Oh, okay. Fuzzy. Oh, uh, like you don't know how they work. Kind yeah. Of. I kind of don't know how they work, and I use them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm always sort of starting from this seems true, mm. and so I want to talk about that, as opposed to here's something that's not true at all, and I'm going to make you think it's true for a second. Yeah. I think so people I, want fiction. They're not here for, like, truth. They want to, like, hear a story. They don't want to hear how the world really is because mm-hmm. the world... Sucks. No, I, I would disagree with you. I think that people, they go to resonate with something and it's true for them in, in that moment or maybe on a deeper truth. A really good bit has such a level of truth in it that they walk away and they always see that thing that way. Yes. True. Yeah. True. So I, I would disagree with you on that. Like, I don't think that people are, if they go to a, a comedy show, they're like, there's too much truth in that. <laughs> like, uh-huh. I think, and it, one of the co- compliments that they'll give a comedian, whether it's, tr- it's, it's real or not, is he's just so honest. Wow, <laughs> yeah. so honest. Even though they're lying half the right, time. Yeah. Right. But they're getting to like an emotional truth or they're getting to yeah. what I think you're edging at, I'm guessing, is when people are like, you're wrong, I'm right. 
Uh, yeah, on, on stage. Yeah. Yeah. When they're yeah. trying to. Nobody wants sway. that. Yeah. No one wants an arrogant persona. Yeah. Like when persona. you're just trying to be right on stage. Well, that's a lot of what people do now, though. That's I agree. a very and I don't think people want that. I, I think you're right there. Yeah. Um, but truth, I don't think anybody's like, mm, too much truth in this comedy. <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> or too much of what they perceive to be true. Right, right. Right. I don't know about you guys, but most of the stories I tell are half made up, at least. Right. Adjust. Am I the for... only one who does yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. Adjusted no. for comedic Yeah, effect. yeah. They might have a seed of truth and the end's right, but the middle's fudged up or whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with lying a little. No, no, no. no I, I had to learn to do it. Yeah. Um, because I came into it like, why would I get on stage and lie to people? And then I realized, oh, that's part of the job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm doing myself and the audience a disservice if I leave a bunch of stuff in a story that doesn't serve the story. Right. If I have three characters and they all play the same role, they're one person now, right? Yeah. If, if this thing happened later, but it's funnier if it happens sooner, now it happens sooner. The job is to make them laugh. The job is not to provide them with something they could fact check. At the same time, do you notice people who... In my opinion, I see people who make up an entire story. Yeah, that that, me, that infuriates that's me. That's weird. When there's no, yeah, yeah, that to me is just like <laughs> you know they they went to Kentucky Fried Chicken and met Colonel Sanders' daughter and went on a date with them. <laughs> like it's like these oh, crazy that's things. Such like an elaborate. That. I just made that up now, but like that, know, that idea, yeah. that, that, but like they, so made, mad they tell a story like that and it's like, come on. Yeah, no, totally. I heard, uh, I heard Louis talking about it. I remember just being like, it was just a light bulb went on for me when he said this, he was talking about where he's on the plane and there's a guy next to him and, they, and he has a uh, Wi-Fi. It's the first time they had Wi-Fi on a plane and then, the, and then all of a sudden it didn't work and the guy gets mad, Right. And then he has a whole thing about how he how he makes fun of the guy for expecting something to work that just that just yeah, arrived yeah. and mm-hmm. he, so ungrateful, blah, blah blah. And then he he in another interview he's like, oh yeah yeah that was that never happened that was me. But it was funnier to make it another person. Oh, he was the guy who got mad. He was the guy who sat there, but there was no other guy. It's not as funny though if he's right. yelling at himself. And then I also yeah. saw him do. A, a bit where he had an altercation with a guard at the place where he lived, the really upscale place where he lived in New York. And he had this like whole thing where he pretended like he didn't live there because he looked like a homeless person early on a Sunday. He has this whole thing. And it's this big, long exchange where he just keeps fucking with the guy. And I saw that and I was like, God, this is brilliant. At the end of it, he goes, actually, none of that happened. I uh-huh. to say any of that. But then when it got to the special, he just dropped off the explanation. It was just. Oh, really? Lie. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, let's talk about sex. Another thing I like in a setup is a situation where you set up the audience to to look like you're a bad person or you have an outdated thought or mm. you are um, just like obtuse or, or closed minded or, mm. or just a disgusting person. And then have so you're setting a, up an opinion about you. Yeah, that I suck and right. that like right. you're probably not. In the mind and of the it audience. seems like. They're not. I don't agree with what he just said. And they're said. like mad at you while you say yeah. it. Yeah, and then you save it you with build like, that tension. We don't like him. We don't like him. We don't like him. Yeah, build it up, and then you just close with something like enlightened or woke, woke, a woke ending. Oh, Jack. Tell me more about your enlightened punchline. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. No, I hate minorities. No. Play the clip. Wow. <laughs> I just want to. No, no. That's uh, definitely great. You know, people people that wear their socks inside out. That kind of minority. <laughs> they're not that common. Oh, I do that. I do that. All right. As a way to get into false premises or to talk about false premises, let's play Harrison Tweed's bit. It's called Music. I like music. I have respect musicians. I, I do. I, I, I really listen to a lot of music. 
I've been really into hair metal recently, like, like <laughs> early, eight, like like Van Halen, uh, like Motley Crue. If you don't know who Motley Crue is, it's white people's N.W.A. <laughs> <laughs> it's as hard as we can possibly go. Um, uh, a lot of people have a lot of uh, different theories on why rock and roll died. Um, some people blame grunge, you know, like Nirvana, Pearl Jam. Uh, some people blame MTV, you know, the, the pop star generation. Uh, I blame Rodney King. Yeah, I blame Rodney King for the death of rock and roll. Uh, and that's because a big part of rock and roll was a bunch of dudes getting on stage that looked like Cher. And they would come up to the mic and be like, fuck the cops! They're the worst. Cops are the worst. They won't even let us party. <laughs> and then the Rodney King footage came out. And I feel like rock and roll was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, your problem with the cops is way worse. <laughs> yeah. Ours <laughs> was about keg stamps. <laughs> Maybe we'll just give this one to hip hop. And we'll sing about our feelings for 30 years until we turn into Imagine Dragons. All right, guys, thanks so much. I love hair metal too. I just have to say. Me too. I'm a big. I'm a big. I was. It was very. I wanted to add a Motley Crue bit into my act in some way, and I really. Really you did it. You did you, it. You, yeah. you double down really well, I mm. feel like, where you go, I blame Rodney King. I blame Rodney King for the death of rock and roll. <laughs> Restate <laughs> it. Yeah. Right? In case you didn't hear it the first time, this is why you should hate me. Yeah. <laughs> you should hate me right now. And Wait. then and then what comes next is so enlightened. It's <laughs> so enlightened. <laughs> it's almost well, I also think like that is almost like in itself like kind of a false print. It's so enlightened that it probably isn't true. <laughs> like I don't think oh, yeah. rock and roll was like we can't really. That is do. a no. false premise. Oh right. yeah, totally. But it is funny but to think that rock and roll dies because they're like, oh, we're all white and we are. We talk about the cops too much. Black <laughs> people seem like they should talk more about the cops than we should. No, it's it's a funny point. Yeah. It's kind of true because rock isn't as political as it used to be. It's totally. Sort of and hip hop did true. take up the mantle of like the. Uh, there is like still political rock, but not okay. Really. So so a false premise in this case would be. It's a thing that is kind of demonstrably likely to be not true. Mm -hmm. But within the context that you're creating, it is. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. If Within the narrow constraints of your joke, uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's true. Totally, totally. Got and it. it kind of comes after a lot of setup of like musicians are like, full of shit i have a lot of bits about they get laid from doing other people's songs like i'm kind right. of setting up the pins to be like white guys that play guitar are full of shit this joke really doesn't work if i just do it out the gate I, i've never oh really... so there is that you did the music bits before this yes yes ah. and so uh it helps tone the whole set so that by that time not only do they agree that like musicians are kind of like they need to like stick in their line and they're often like talking shit about things that aren't a real big deal like the thing about the heartbreak or whatever but also i've set it up in a in a situation where like since you already like me bashing this little thing 
let me show you what it's so, like when I'm talking about a big subject right. matter. Part of the setup in this case <laughs> are the jokes that came before it, right? Yes, yes. Um, the topics you brought up, the attitude that people... I don't think anybody says attitude. attitude. I liked that. I really liked that. <laughs> attitude. attitude. Yeah. Attitude. Nice, like, umlaut. The feel yeah. of who you are. Yeah, yeah. That all feeds in to the setup for some jokes. Because mm-hmm. if you say that joke out of nowhere, mm-hmm. people conf- would be like, do you not like musicians? Like, what What do you th- feel yeah, about yeah. rock and roll? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, I liked it now but because we're right. comedians, but the audience wouldn't get so, it. And yeah. here's a good example of what I find so sad, which is like that, that a lot of times you say in setups or punchlines or even both things you very much don't mean right. or don't agree with at all or yeah. you're totally wrong or whatever. And you say them, but then they'll just take like a blogger. We'll just we'll go to a comedy show yeah, and be like... I'm going to go home and ruin things for people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, we they, were uh, just talking. About, yeah, we were talking about it on the phone when we were talking about this uh, recording that like the thing that is always the scrutinized part of the joke is always the setup in those right. blog articles. Yeah. It's like you just and then they like half ass paraphrase the rest <laughs> of it. And it's like now you're just cutting it apart and you're butchering the punch. Like your article would be like white. Comedian Harrison Tweed <laughs> says Rodney King ended rock and roll. Yeah. And like they'd be like, oh, he's a racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like Harrison Tweed blames Rodney King for something, not just stealing a car, <laughs> but just, yeah. I don't understand that. It's not really new, but it's coming more in vogue, like the idea that you can't say a joke you don't mean i don't i don't understand yeah. why you are you that childish that you can't yeah. have two emotions at once yeah. like, <laughs> i can call my grandma fat and i still love her like yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. get that it makes sense and yeah like that's part of the fun is saying these horrible things that you don't mean right like, like that's the fuck i it's, it's, i want to just like go to the home of somebody blogging and just yeah. and just like as they're writing i want to be like i want to be like wait 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 can we first explain what jokes are (laughs) before you publish this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, it's I don't think you get how funny works. Well, comedy is kind of like sex. Like if we're doing this fantasy, this like weird, we're like playing in these spaces. It's like if a girl, if a girl I'm with is like, can you choke me? I'm not like, I think just like when we're hanging out, she just wants me to choke (laughs) her random times. Yeah, it's a different context. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the things we say on stage wouldn't be funny if we said that them in at a dinner table like they're funny no. because we're stand-up comedians and they're in like exactly. the lyrics for songs would you be a moron if you said them out loud to someone on the subway because you're yeah. not singing a fucking song you it's, know your mom i don't think your mom knows you that well she got so pissed off when i spanked you at that funeral yeah. <laughs> she doesn't yeah. get it she yeah. doesn't know you like i know you yeah. <laughs> i was listening to neil brennan and he was just, he just made the statement he was like regular people cannot they cannot handle the way comedians speak. They just cannot. They cannot go into a group of comedians and listen to comedians talking the way comedians talk off stage, not on stage, and just like absorb it and consider it normal. It's just too much for a they lot can't, of people. Like a they, lot of people. I, I think that's an overstatement. There are some people. Mean, yeah. He means like the general public. It's like most. I would say it's probably a good portion of people, even people we love that love us. Like my mom just comes in and says, "Me and like I don't know, and you and Norlex doing weird 
race-based jokes about each other. My mm-hmm. mom is like, "You're being racist, <laughs> everyone." Like, not like, but she knows me. She knows the context of who I am. But that's still like an aggressive thing for her to see. This and is just her disappointment in her son. <laughs> yeah. kind of displaced upon well, me. I paid for you to be an illustrator. How dare you? Well, and in the same sense, we can't bear to talk to non-comedians either <laughs> like if yeah. i'm in a group full of non-comedians i'm like you guys aren't insulting each other every like 10 seconds <laughs> like you're, yeah. you're just giving boring like stories about your day like yeah call someone fat like it's, i gotta on. i gotta like, look you got you need to hang around better civilians <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you do a, i do have good friends my friends are cool but when i hang around people who aren't my friends who aren't comedians that's when i feel like yeah. it's not as good I want to talk about a little bit of more craft on this, about how important it is to not fumble on a setup, how important it is to get the setup right, like how much work goes into the setup as opposed to the punchline sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about fumbling. Like, have you had that experience where it's just one word? Or just one, you stumble, you stutter on just one little thing, and you're like, that's the rest of the joke. It's not, like, it's almost like a magic spell that gets broken because you, you know, you, you toss because you said the wrong. Th- yeah. I used to have a joke about my mom uh, raising me by herself and I forgot what the setup was and I fucked it up. Uh, w- you were there, actually. Mm-hmm. The punchline is like, like my dad died when I was six. And honestly, I think he was holding her back is the punchline. Uh-huh. But if you don't set that up right. Yeah. Yeah. If then you they, mess up that setup. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. They just thought I was just uh, like, your dad is dead, and now you say he was like a... Yeah, anyway. Right. I don't, I don't even know what they're mad at, honestly. It's my dad. <laughs> Fuck you. But, like, apparently it didn't get the well, laugh. Well, because it's because there's no... Like, it, you don't have enough contrast for it to be funny. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. If you exactly. don't... Exactly. I didn't you, set it up correctly. With I, the, right. And build, and build a case for and, why my dad holding back my mom is a funny thing right in this context and like in right there you have the punchline which is like i think he was holding her back that's the punchline but all the work almost all the work is going to go into that setup yeah making that work yeah i had a joke about about how jesus could people say jesus is white but of course he wasn't white like if he was white the whole bible would be people interrupting him like Yo, dude, why aren't you white? Like, you ain't from around here, are you? <laughs> and that, that works here, but that didn't work in that way why on stage. So I had to add, like, oh, because, you know, people in the Middle East are brown. Like, I had to add that, or, like, they couldn't get that that joke was funny. Uh-huh. It was too much of a leap. The setup didn't set up the punchline enough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, even though you guys laughed at it now, the way I said it there didn't really work on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to, like, be from Maine. Wait, wait, wait. wait. How, did, how, did, how did you fix it? I, I would add like so people say Jesus or Jesus couldn't have been white because you know have you ever been to the Middle East like people are brown there I had to like basically you tell them give them that I had to basically give them that info mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like the joke did okay before but not well enough well, to like, you're keep also, telling like, you're you're making them think a little too hard yeah exactly right? it was too I was going from A to C I needed to go like, more A like B C yeah exactly like, and and it's fun for us because we're like I I'm ready for A to C yeah exactly <laughs> but A to D I'm not as ready for right and it frustrated me for a long time because like i get it but then you have to think like oh these people don't watch comedy every second of the day they right. can't yeah. right jump and, ahead and, and that's again that goes back to a good setup is giving just the right amount of information to make the joke work right right and no more and figuring out what information you need or don't need is 
oh, so much trial and error. Right. And you'll you'll add something in and take something out and take something out and add something in and and it could be it could be a look, it could be body language, it could be inflection, it could be a piece of information. Sometimes and the punchline to that joke is the exact same every time. The punchline was mm-hmm. the same, mm-hmm. but it but the mm-hmm. humor, the way the punchline, the success of it depended on the. And sentence the, before and it the or thing whatever. that people repeat and the thing that people remember is the punchline because that's where they have the big feeling right right that's where they have the payoff but it's so funny to us because like all that is is like the, the tail end of yeah. all the work i think they're the e- that's the easiest part to write is the punchline mm-hmm. i think i can write a good punchline but i sometimes have trouble getting people yeah. to understand why that's a punchline mm-hmm. you know what i mean something i've been playing with lately is i'll have a setup i'm not delivering anything new in the punchline but i'm playing with can I deliver it in a way that they don't see coming? Like Mm. just the wording or the inflection or something like that, that is enough contrast with what came before it. It's funny. I I picked this clip to bring this up, actually the, the Rodney King thing, because for the longest time, I didn't know that tension building was the answer to like get to that punchline. Oh, the punchline was going to always be, or I just wanted to write a bit where it's like, I think rock and roll died because Essentially, hip hop took up the mantle of anti-establishment, fuck the system right. type of music, and that like video of police brutality did lead to that kind of like turnover of like, well, there's clearly like actual police corruption and issues. Um, but I was like, but I don't want to be this like that's this virtue preachy. signaling, yeah. like, and also then it's also convoluted. So it's funnier to like. Using the word blame is really heavy already. Uh-huh. It's just like, I blame, and it's like, mm-hmm. the victim of police brutality. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm saying the enemy is the victim in that situation. And you pick a specific one, too. Because if you just said police brutality killed rock and roll, not as funny. You got to pick a Rodney specific Ken, yeah. person. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Also, uh, I realized that I was, and I didn't, this was just like the energy of the set I did it originally, but the like white people's NWA, mm-hmm. uh, like that already kind of foreshadows the next bit. Yeah, I think it you know helps I mean? it. It helps the and Rodney also King thing. Gives you a little bit of like an understanding of like where my mind goes with it yep. a little bit. It's like, I, I think of like, which by the way, I had to switch that a bunch, like NWA for white people and white people's NWA. Like I, what did you, what did you say in the clip? uh, NWA for white people, right? That's funnier because white people's NWA sounds like it's like proud white people. And then NWA for white people is like, yeah, we do. Yeah. Yeah. We're fuck it. Fuck everything. White people's NWA sounds like we think we started NWA. Sounds like we think easy is white or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I, I think the only way for me to do this virtue signaling <laughs> bit is by making myself ignorant at the right. beginning of it. How do you work on your setups, like, like process-wise? Whenever I think of something that's even remotely funny, uh-huh. I write it in like a note thing on my phone. I have like thousands of them. It's almost all garbage. But And then I usually don't know what to do with it. And then like three months later, I'll be I'll like wake up in like a sweat and be like, oh, this is... Where that setup goes or whatever. <laughs> oh, cool. I, I think that's how I almost... I think it's rare. My jokes are rarely funny, like, right away. Uh-huh. Like, I, I, it always takes me months to figure out what to do with, like, a setup or whatever. Do you get a lot of them from conversation? It's kind of psychotic, but, like, if I say something that makes people laugh in a conversation, I will write it down. Yeah. Even, I mean, like, I if I want... regular people, that's psychotic. It's psychotic, yeah. Good it's really helpful, though. Yeah. It's really, like, you, like, you don't even know you're doing a bit, and then, oh, that's 
that becomes a bit a year later. Totally, totally. Because like you forget, writing it down has been the most helpful thing I've found. Yeah, it's a lot of complete garbage. Like uh-huh. Hitler is a pussy, or like things like that. <laughs> but like, Hitler but is like a there's pussy. some good things. I want to hear where Hitler <laughs> is a pussy. Yeah. You got ten minutes on this. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you were going somewhere. I'm sorry. Just um, when rewriting your premise, rewriting your setup, some ideas, some thoughts I had on it was like. The first question uh, with your setup is, is it clear? <laughs> like, uh, are, right. you, uh, is what I'm trying to say coming through here? Uh, are there words that I'm using that could be could mean a couple things um, or 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 not? Right. right. Uh, Honestly, I my roommate and I my roommate's Ron on Hirschberg. He's mm-hmm. a comic. We we do that to each other. We just we have our think of an idea. We're like, is this funny? And then we just say it to each other. And that's how we can tell if it's a good start or not mm-hmm. to a joke. Right, right. If it, if it gets that initial, it's, okay. Yeah, and it's yeah. someone I respect. So right. then I like, it works really well, actually. You know what's something I hate that I hear like young comics say? And I'd, I hate it because I used to think it too is when you're like, oh, they won't understand that. Like, they won't understand, like, talking oh, yeah. about that. that. And it's like, don't, don't well, then why don't we fucking explain to them? Yeah. That's right. Your job. Yeah. That's, it's, that's so, so <laughs> stupid. Because, like, improv, I have a joke about improv troops. And I was like, and I was like, well, I can't do it here. They probably don't know what improv is. And one time I even started, I was like, would you guys not know what improv is? And they're like, no. And I was like, all right, let's skip that joke. And it did okay that I said, like, it went fine from that point on. Yeah, yeah. Not the joke, but the, the rest of my set. But I was like, I don't want to quit on a joke. I want to just, like, see if I can. You should be able to explain it. Yeah, exactly. Right. exactly. Like, and improv is dumb enough that I should be able to describe <laughs> it in a funny way. Like, it's great, but it's also silly. Right. So it's like, if I can't explain a bunch of kids doing little improvised If it's a sketches, joke you believe in. Like, if it, you believe in writing a joke about Plato, I you could probably explain it totally. well enough if it's, like, in your heart you care about it. It's going to yeah. take some work, It'll though. take some work, It's yeah. going to take some work to get it down, down, like, like concise enough and clear enough Mm-hmm. That people will will take it because what happens is that that uh, again to, I love I love all his theories. Uh, Harrison Greenbaum said to talk about the proper joking distance, and I've heard Jerry Seinfeld say the same thing, which is like how far between um, the setup and the punchline is it? Like like is it is it so far that people are just like I don't even know, or I'm gonna fall in this chasm uh-huh. in between <laughs> where you got where you started and where your punchline is, uh, um, or is it so short that it's just like where's the payoff? They can't fit uh, <laughs> almost. Yeah, yeah, like it's just it's just too. It's there's no there's no tension. There's no um, it's too. There's there's nothing. That, there's no there's nothing that that's being. Sh- there's no expectation created that's being shattered. Like if you wrote a Rodney Dangerfield joke that's like 14 words long, but it sucked. Like that would that's just <laughs> embarrassing. <Yeah. laughs> like his jokes are funny because he's really good at it, but like right. lame one liners can be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so painful. So bad. Come on, let's talk about sex. Let's take a minute to introduce Jeffrey. Osmus. Hey. Hi, yeah. Jeffrey. Hello. Uh, Jeff- Thanks for having me this yeah. last hour. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird that we do that. I love it. I like it. Uh, well, people have this expectation that introductions happen at the beginning. And there's tension. You're breaking the tension. Yeah. Who is this guy? Doing? Who yeah. is he? Yeah. <laughs> I can't read show notes. <laughs> you started performing stand-up in, look, it looks like 2013, right? 2013. Yeah, it'll be six years in like a couple months i think Ooh. yeah 
You very quickly won some awards. Funniest person in Madison. Yeah, and the bustling uh, metropolis of Madison, Wisconsin. That's where I went to college. That's where I started. Was there was the trophy like a giant block of cheese? But (laughs) it should have been. No, no, you could eat it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you could eat it. Chris Farley's corpse. Yeah, Chris Farley. Oh yeah, he's a Madison guy. (laughs) Right, right. Then there was Penguin Comedy Club's funniest person in Iowa. You're like making the rounds. I didn't even and, live in Iowa. I just like drove. My friend was driving there. He's like, you want to come with? And then I somehow won it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter, but it's really funny, I think. Yeah. And <laughs> you were a new, you were one of the new faces at Just for Laughs. Uh, not, not nearly as big as the Madison. Uh, no, 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 no. I take the funniest person in Iowa very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fox's Laughs, Kevin Hart's LOL. Oh, and yeah. uh, I, there's a great, I'll put this in the show notes. There's a wonderful clip of him performing at the Laughing Skull in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's great. It's great. I really enjoy it. Check it out. It's on YouTube, please. You're a working comedian. Yeah. I wonder if there's anything that you've heard or someone said to you or something you heard on a podcast that clicked and made a difference for you with stand-up. The two of the best pieces of advice I ever got is actually from that same manager who earlier told me about the clothing that you should wear on stage. He's like, if you can't remember, if you have trouble like remembering the words to a joke, it means that you didn't write it correctly because mm. it should just flow. It oh. should just make perfect sense the way you wrote it. Like if you go on stage and you like f- miss a sentence or you say them in the wrong order, then you wrote it badly because it should be in your voice the way your mind works. Yes. Ooh. So if, if it takes more than like one or two times to remember it, it's poorly written and you got to go back. I love that, and I really, so. I really like that. And there was his, his other thing. Well, hang on, before you, before you move Who, on, yeah. before you move on, like I, I can totally relate to that. I, um, one of my my strongest bits is about bisexuality, and the end of that rolls off my tongue. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And it, as I wrote it, uh, like it just it felt right. It, it I didn't, I didn't have to work. You to knew how you it. felt about it. Yeah, I knew how I felt about it, and the wording was fun. It, it was, was in totally you all along. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like a man's penis <laughs> yeah. or a woman's pussy on his face. <laughs> <laughs> that joke is very much like coitus of all kinds. <laughs> 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 Another word I think I just mispronounced. Yeah. Coitus. 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 Yeah. I give you a pass, dude. <laughs> All right. And then what was the second? The second thing I don't think is as profound, but I think it's a good one. It's like anyone can tell a joke about like airplane food. Like no one's going to be offended by it. So it doesn't have to be that funny. But if you tell a joke about like offensive topics they need to be as funny oh, as yeah. the topic mm-hmm. is offensive For sure. don't yeah. don't tell an abortion joke that's kind of funny it like means- it has <laughs> to it has to crush your joke about abortion has to crush yeah. or don't tell it the advice i always give to younger comics about that <laughs> we get people writing us asking, right and aside from get on stage it's it's you're gonna want to start with all the shock humor oh because yeah. that's what you love probably and just understand you're making it so much harder for yourself. It's sort of like if you're pole vaulting, you don't know how to pole vault yet, and you're setting it at the absolute top, and you're just gonna let you're gonna hit it with your neck over right, and over yeah, again. Yeah. So just understand that, like, however offensive or wrong or raunchy or whatever it is of the topic that you're on is, it needs to be that much funnier than it is. Like, and probably, you can't do that right away. So you right. just, just look no like an way. idiot. Yeah. yeah. And, it, yep. and it's super painful. It's discouraging. So Did like, you guys do that? 
Fuck yeah. Uh, I told some horrible things <laughs> oh, my first couple months. Oh, man. Yeah. Can you remember anyone? Uh, I, I had one that I really am embarrassed to say. I don't care if a woman spits or swallows because she's still going to be fat. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so offensive. It's horrible. It's okay. horrible. I, I, that's one of the first jokes I told. That's really funny how bad oh, that man. is. I'm more offended as a comedian. I know. I know. It's just poorly constructed. Yeah. When I started out in San Francisco, I was married and my wife was black. And so I did a lot of jokes about that. I have zero friends from that time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they weren't in like a nuanced way either. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just did a voice. Zero. It, I'm horrible. It's like I was. I was like, oh, I have carte blanche. I can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nope. No. Yeah. You. And at the time, I didn't even know I looked racist. I didn't even know that I looked like a racist. Really? And this was in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, oh, even more. God. oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Not a single good connection. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, it's so proud of that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I still have my first set. I, I watch it sometimes to remember how far I've come. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's good. Oh, that. you watch it. I, every year on my anniversary, I'll watch it and be like, okay, that's well, great. Man, we're not great now, but we're better than we were. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a guy. I'm scared. The first it. word I said on stage was cunt. <laughs> Word, the really? first word I said Because <laughs> the host was a female And I went on stage and I was like cunt Not her but the word's really funny right Oh my god <laughs> It's like the first thing I ever said And did you say it like nervously and weird? Yeah. <laughs> it's like audience hatred Just yeah. wafting your oh, way so What funny. were you setting up I set up that something about how it's like a word That like automatically makes women dry or something like that. Oh my that. god. Really bad. <laughs> what it was I horrible. Was it was such horrible. a little massage. Yeah, it was really bad. The, the skill that you have to have to do a joke that starts wrong and ends worse is so high. Yeah. You have to be able to yeah. sell that just right. Uh, like, What's a good example of that? Anthony Jeselnik does those. Anthony Jeselnik yeah. does them all the time. Yeah. Right? Starts off, start, let them start off wrong. But he has that worse. misdirection. I don't know what. You don't know how it's going to be wrong. Yeah. You know it's going to be wrong. Uh, like the chocolate bar thing. Right. It's like, yeah. I don't. <laughs> it's like, don't let me near chocolate bars, Anthony. I'm addicted to them. And it's really not. No, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but yeah, the ending punchline is like, is like, so he drives her to, uh, to the middle of the city. And sees a, a crack addict, and he's like, "See that, honey? Why can't you be that skinny?" <laughs> <laughs> yep. Come on, let's talk about sex. Jeffrey, when we were talking about doing setups, what drew you to it? I think it's because of the idea that I write all my setups down on my phone. It's like how it's obviously how jokes start, but like every week, I like go through the like setups or ideas I've written out of my phone, and I have to like try to parse through which ones are worth pursuing oh. and which ones are worth throwing away or whatever. So every week you sit down on a Sunday or whatever yeah, and you yeah. go, okay, it's time to review the inbox. Look at like the 120 random things I wrote in uh-huh. whatever drunk, sober, sleep, not asleep state I was in. Mm-hmm. And then I try to see which ones Get are a lot worth of good pursuing while you're asleep. Right? Yeah, I do. I like. Well, I like. Dream I, I don't. Good? No, I don't sleep That's very how you well. Sleepwalk is you write in your notebook. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like wake up a lot during the night, and it, I usually will like think of something. I mean, it usually makes no sense in the morning, but yeah, that's that's why I was thinking about it. Yeah. 
I actually really like that process. I think that's great. I think I, it, it works people, well. I adopt it. I like it because you you just forget things. You'll be like, oh, and I'll remember that, but then you, you never do. You, you always forget no. it every yeah. fucking time. I yep. never remembered a Why premise. The fuck don't I? I, mm-hmm. uh, I hate it. So. My girlfriend, she has uh, like a a rule that she always follows. We're laughing, 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 and she'll be like, "Are you gonna write it down or not?" Write <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. it down, right? You that. gotta write it yeah. down. Yeah. You always gotta yeah. write it down. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. Like identifying your own process and then someone else identifying it for you. It's funny because Jeff, you are like, I want to. I need to rehearse this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't think I rehearse my material. I was like, I don't think I do. And then my girlfriend, I, I'll go to the back and I'll smoke a little bit of pot and I'll smoke a cigarette, and then she'll see me like talking to myself. And then she'll be like, what are you doing back there? And I'm like, oh, I'm talking out my jokes. And then as I said that, I was like, I am rehearsing a lot. I do this all the time. time." I think you just like make a point to do it in a time frame. Like, and I'm just doing it in a situation where people can find that I'm crazy. So like, I was like, oh, I am rehearsing. I'm just not doing it in a healthy way. Do you ever find yourself doing jokes in real life without realizing it? I did it during, like, right after sex ended recently. I said, like, a one-liner of mine. And and she was like, that's one of your jokes, isn't it? I was like, oh, God. Oh, no. (laughs) It was horrible. That's the funniest thing. There's a weird thing, though, that, like, before you became a comedian, you could just be funny. And exactly. you might have something you've said many, many times to many different people, and it was fine. But now they're like, uh, no. You know, the, no, dad people jokes. People have like life no. jokes. My they friends have, have like jokes. life jokes. Things, yeah. Yeah. It's like, just things you've said that are funny, and then you say Keep in touch with yourself. That's like a joke. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But, then, but it's like okay. a dad will keep you, you, saying. You don't, you don't, how do you even know what a dad joke is? Oh. <laughs> That's a dad joke. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's a very good dad joke. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, you orphan. <laughs> I don't know if you're an orphan, but... <laughs> it's funnier if I was. <laughs> Me and my mom don't talk that much. So no, but then, now, but now, we're, now, but now you're a comedian, and now it's like, oh, the, that's bringing work into this? <laughs> yeah, it's like... Can I just be funny? I thought I said it, it off stage at one was point. was joke? Can I hear it? It was so... I, like, <laughs> unfortunately, I came really very quickly this it. time, and I was like... Oh, I come immediately because I want to get back to talking about your day. <laughs> and that's like a bit I have on stage. And she's like, I think I've heard that before. <laughs> it was really embarrassing. That's really funny. We didn't have sex for a while. What was more <laughs> embarrassing? Which part? The part when she she went The joke and, part was more embarrassing. The fact that I told a joke in that part. I like, oh, oh the, more than coming. Oh, coming <laughs> yeah. immediately. I'm not embarrassed by coming immediately. That's fine. No, I know. I, wrong. I get it. That's now. that's actually his foreplay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my sex is so short. That's the foreplay. Yeah, that's, what I like. <laughs> I, that's a great joke. If, if I were her, I'd be like, it was funny the first time. It's funny now. Exactly. <laughs> I, would have, I would have played along with that. That's hilarious. <laughs> if someone said that, right out, I'm not a woman, but if I were a woman and just someone came too early inside my body, then that would have broken the tension. You'd perfectly. want some laughs. Yeah. You didn't get any sex. I'd so be have getting some ice cream for us. If, both. <laughs> if premature ejaculation is where you stop, you're not doing foreplay right. Right. No, that shouldn't be the end of sex. You're right. No, that's true. Well, I that's guess true. we're done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm spent. Come on. Let's talk about sex. Okay, should we play some of your material? I Sure. All right. This is titled A Joke About Soccer. Yeah, it's from like three months ago. I think it's from Minnesota. It's Sisyphus Brewery. 
Great. In Minneapolis, yeah. All right, let's play it. I love the World Cup. I love. I think the World Cup's the best sporting event because, like, the rivalries have way more history than in American sports. Right? Like, Serbia almost played Croatia in the World Cup, and they have a huge soccer rivalry because uh, in the '90s, the the Croatians tried to kill every person. <laughs> Told me to. <laughs> you ask a Vikings fan why they hate the Packers, and we're like, because I'm drunk. <laughs> there's no reason for it, right? Like in Serbia, there's a little boy who's like, Mommy, why do we hate the Croatians? Because they killed your parents. I'm not your mommy, alright? <laughs> put your shin guards under your socks and avenge your family. <laughs> By the way, perfect example. Starts dark, gets worse. Yeah, yeah right? that one gets really dark. Humor. Dark is. humor ends badly. Right. That's my definition of it. That's my favorite type of humor. <laughs> I love I it. It's love so it. awful. It's also, so you great. kind of like undercut in a great way, like a cliche example of a two-person dialogue. Like oh, would, yeah. Like, I feel like mommy, mommy, whatever the person says, is something that someone would say, but you just change that so that it's not even the mommy mm -hmm. at all right yeah like yeah that. that's a great i don't try to tool. do the mommy voice either i tried that a couple of times it's <laughs> yeah, not as not funny when mommy. i not yeah, as funny yeah yeah that's great yeah that's a great misdirect it is Thank you. It, it's great and i love like again like here is it is a very true thing right like, it's it a yeah. very true people like and maybe they didn't come here to hear that true thing but right. they loved hearing it right and it, yeah it is true because like it, there's been wars fought about soccer and stuff and that's always like puzzled me yeah. <laughs> that joke didn't work for like three years until i like figured out like the right way to like and how did you well, how did you go it. about present changing it and fixing it and let's talk about that i think it, it's you know the, about I, the development Do you I, remember i was thinking today i think i vaguely remember it, it started not so the World Cup was like last summer, right? I think I wrote the premise of it four years before that. I think like France played Germany and I like tweeted like, I hope France lasts longer than they did during World War II or whatever. <laughs> I hope their defense lasts longer. And that was like kind of funny, but people didn't really get it. And then I told the Serbia thing, but I didn't open with the opening sentence. Like I like soccer because the rivalries have more history to them. Mm -hmm. I was just like... In the World Cup, Serbia played Croatia. I just started like that. Right. And so people didn't really get they it like it didn't make sense to them. Like, okay, cool, dude. There was a genocide. We don't get it. So yeah. it needed I don't know, it's obviously needed the opening sense, but I didn't realize it for like I didn't tell the joke for like two years. Then it came to me. I was, oh, you need to tell them. Yeah. Oh, there was a two year gap. Yeah, I didn't tell them that joke. I just crazy. brought that joke back like a year ago. I didn't tell it for like two or two, three years, honestly, I think. Mm -hmm. And and there is such a it's just so much fun to go to these dark places and find a reason to laugh yeah exactly and but, but if you go to the dark place and they don't laugh you feel like a oh, piece of shit right because yeah. you just made them think about this horrible thing they're like we came here for fun yeah Fuck you. exactly <laughs> you broke the gr agreement yeah yeah it's like surfing you can really get hurt surfing right <laughs> like like or or rock climbing or whatever like you're like it's only rock i don't think rock climbers have that much fun on really easy 
you know no like, yeah it, there has to be an element of risk there for it to be yeah. super exciting well, it's like the same thing with writing a joke about airplane food like it's not if i write a great airplane food joke it doesn't feel good i'm not like oh, yeah. i fucking did it yeah. but like this joke i felt like good like oh i made a joke about the serbian genocide and soccer and yeah. Yeah. it felt good to yeah. like put it together yeah figuring out that that setup it's funny you didn't add much in word terms of words at all no right just a sense the rest of the joke is fairly almost the same as it was when i first wrote it but mm-hmm. you needed to be like oh they have more history and then people are like oh history and then you say a history thing <laughs> but you've already cued the idea of history in their head or whatever it's almost like you're like okay let's light up these synapses yeah <laughs> now let's light up these now put them together yeah. <laughs> they haven't thought about history since high school so like dust that off a little get it ready <laughs> i feel like history is that thing that like as comedians we always are worried won't go over yeah but everyone loves history it's so much fun people love history documentaries like people watch all this shit on netflix right. because it's history and i think like if you have an articulate idea and have an interesting thing to say, like they don't even need to know that genocide even happened. No, they have, they couldn't explain any of it. Yeah. To, but like, I'm interested immediately because you like involved uh, warring countries. Right. Like that already. And, then, and everyone finds that interesting. And then I you agree. built in enough contrast there. Uh, like it's so great because the stakes couldn't be higher. And then you're like, I hate the Green Bay Packers because my dad told me to. Yeah. Like, could they, they're just like, they're so far apart. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I pointlessly hate them. They. <laughs> and I think anyone who likes sports can understand that because that's totally. We were all, I don't know. Do you, you guys like you, sports? But I, I don't celebrate sports. sports ball. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like that resonates with me as a sports fan because like my mom was like, you're a UNC basketball fan. Right. Like you're a UNC. But that resonates with him. It's like, it's so dumb. It's literally your parents just telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, like, it doesn't matter if you like sports or not. Also, That's I just play. love genocide. So yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> big fan. It is yeah, a goofy yeah, little yeah. thing. See yeah. my collection. Yeah. <laughs> and I love other orphans. I'm glad that the character in your life resonated with that character. Yeah, it's a great <laughs> yeah. This next bit is by Ari Shafir. It's from Passive Aggressive. It's called The Chicken Bit. It's from 2015. It really has not gotten easier. It really has. And then even when you find somebody you like and get married, I'm sure some of you are married here, it's still fucking hard. My friend John, he's been married for five years. He loves his wife. Let me just start with that. He's totally in love with her. I saw him do this once, where he cracked open a beer and held it out for his wife, and she didn't see it. Her back was turned. For three seconds, she didn't see it. I want you to see how long that looks like. It looks like this. That's it. (laughs) And she didn't see, so he goes... I'm holding a fucking beer! (laughs) She's like, well, I didn't see you. Well, I'm holding it like an asshole. (laughs) And that's a level you're hoping to achieve. Like, that's what you want to get in your relationships. I think I know why. I think I know why every married friend I know fights just like all our parents did. Because they make this huge mistake that every married couple makes. They decided to live together. (laughs) I know it seems stupid, but it's a horrible idea. Don't make a roommate out of somebody you love. Those are horrible people. (laughs) It never is going to work. Here's why. Here's why. When you live with somebody, you're wrong half the time. Mm -hmm. Half of any situation that comes up, you're going to be wrong. 
I live alone. I've never been wrong before. <laughs> it's never, ever happened. Here's, for example, one time I was eating Chinese food in my apartment. I was naked and I was eating Chinese food. It was like 2 p.m. I wasn't ready to start yet. <laughs> and I'm eating this Chinese food, I'm talking on the phone, and as I'm talking, the chopsticks crossed over and a piece of General Tso's chicken fell like over the bowl and onto the floor. I tried to catch it, all was falling out of the air with the chopsticks. But as soon as I tried, I was like, are you crazy? Did you really think you had any shot in the world at that? Miyagi tried for half a century and never got it. Your first try, a target moving away from you, really? The hubris involved to think I had any chance. Here's how close I got to catching the chicken out of the air with chopsticks. I hit it with my wrist. <laughs> and I forced it down faster. That's how close I was. As soon as I tried, I was like... So I was like, all right, I gotta get that chicken. But I was on the phone, so I was like, I'll get it when I get off the phone. But then I talked for like another 30 minutes, and then I got called waiting, and that call lasted 45 more minutes. And then I got late, and I had to leave. So I quickly put some clothes on, then I left, and I came back like 10, 11 hours later, and I'm running to the bathroom, because you know, as soon as you touch your keys to go inside, like you've had to pee like you've never had to pee before in your life. What is that? Where you're like, oh, I'll be in in one second? Nope, maybe five seconds. Just make it way harder to go in now. Fucking idiot bladder. You can't wait 10 seconds. So I get it open, I'm running to go to the bathroom and I saw the piece of chicken was like still on the floor there. And I was like, ah, oh, crap, I gotta get that. It's been there all day, that's really disgusting. But then I went to the bathroom, I got sidetracked and I started the vaporizer up. I smoked some pot, and then I ate a shitload of gummy bears. Like a totally unhealthy amount of gummy bears having I ate. And then, uh, and then I got tired from eating all those gummy bears, you know? It's a texture after a while, it really wears you out. And so I went to sleep, I was like, fuck it, let's call it a day, and I went to sleep. And then I woke up in the middle of the night, like four or five a.m. to go to the bathroom, and I was walking to the bathroom, trying to keep my eyes closed so I don't wake up. And as I'm walking, I stepped right in the chicken. And at first, I didn't even know what it was, because it had been so long, I thought I just killed a cockroach with my bare foot. That'll wake you up, by the way. No, I just killed a cockroach! That's disgusting! I was like, oh, it's that chicken, that's right. It's been there for like a day and a half, that's really disgusting. So I got a paper towel, and I wiped it off my foot, and then I wiped the rest off the floor, and, uh, and that's it, I was not wrong. <laughs> it was just some stuff that happened one day. That's all it was. But now, try telling that same story. Try telling that same exact story and change one detail. Add a wife to the story. See how far you get in that same story. See if you get all the way to the end where you get to smoke pot and eat gummy bears and go to sleep. <laughs> while chicken is lying on the floor. See if you get that far. You won't. First of all, you're not going out with chicken lying on the floor. First of all, you're not eating naked in your own goddamn house. Like a man. You gotta put clothes on like a chump. Here's how far you'll get in the story, I'll just tell you. Nowhere, that's how far. This is what'll happen, you'll drop the chicken, you'll make the mental decision to not immediately pick it up and you'll start to walk away. But you won't even get that far. Here's how far you'll get. Drop, decision, here. 
That's it. That whole story, this is how far you get. <laughs> so you hear this voice going, what the fuck do you think you're doing? Are you really about to leave chicken on the floor, you fucking dipshit? Uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you, are we animals? Are we in a fucking barn? You fucking monster. Pick up the goddamn chicken. You're six years old. What the fuck is wrong with you? And you'd have to be like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not six years old. We don't live in a barn. I apologize for leaving the chicken on the floor. I should not have left it on the floor. That was a mistake on my part. I should have picked it up right away, and I was wrong to leave it on the floor. I apologize. First of all, for putting you in the position of having to yell at me. And second of all, for disrespecting this household, which I shouldn't have done. I should have picked it up right away. In fact, that's what I'll do now. I'll just do that now. I'll pick it up. This is what I should have done in the beginning, and I'm sorry I didn't. But I've learned. I've become a better man for what you've done here. You have to teach me how to be better as a person. And you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. And it sucks to be wrong. Nobody ever likes being wrong, ever. I'm a pretty open guy, and I've never once said to somebody, hey, thanks for correcting me to my face. <laughs> it always feels shitty. And it's not like you're wrong every other time. You just have random like layouts. So sometimes you'll be wrong 10, 11 times in a row. Where now you can both feel it. You got a streak going. You know that moment where you like, you always sense it. Like you wake up in the morning, you're just like, ugh, that was a good, oh fuck. <laughs> it just dawns on you like, I've been wrong a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't feel very good. Like I wonder if she notices. She probably knows, I'm not even gonna wake her up. I'm just not even gonna let her deal with it. I'll just get out of bed and not even deal, and you look over, she's not even there. And you're like, oh no. And she's just awake, just going, well, la dee da. <laughs> Well, well, well. Rise and shine, Mr. Wrong. That's what my mom calls you. That's what we both call you behind your back, because you're wrong so much. You cough. She's like, what? What'd you say? Something else wrong, I presume? And it just fucking sucks, and you hate it. And all you want to do in life at that moment is just break that streak. That's like all you can do with everything. Every fiber of your being just wants to break that streak. And then one day, you crack open a beer, and you hold it out for her, and she doesn't see it right away. And you're just overcome with joy. And you're like, three, two, one. I'm all your fucking beer! <laughs> and all your friends are like, what are you guys really fighting about? Don't live together. <laughs> All right. That's the bit. That is a good circular bit. Yeah. Yes. Really. It's got nested jokes. It's, it's, yeah, it comes right back. It kind of goes all the way. And you, you get to the point where you don't even. The initial setup is the final punchline. Yes. That's yes. very cool. And what makes that punchline, I'm holding a fucking beer, which you've already heard work is all of this context that he's just been piling on and piling yeah. on and piling on and piling on. Mm -hmm. I think the initial thing he has to say, he says right at the beginning that my friend loves her yes. or whatever. If he didn't yes. say that, has to. then the beer thing is just an angry man. Yes. And then his, the whole thing is like marriage doesn't work. There's right. no love. So right. he had to say that he, he opening has to. sentence. Mm -hmm. yeah. He has to. If he doesn't set that up, it doesn't work because you don't accept the character of the person he's talking about as a good person. Right. Right. Yeah. You're just like, what an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And Aggressive. you never, you, and through the whole thing, you wouldn't feel bad for him. Yeah. Uh, ever. He does a good job of like lulling you to sleep and forgetting that, that I'm, I'm holding a fucking beer even happened mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. uh, 
throughout the story, he he actually he fixates on details of the story that he doesn't really need to fixate in. Right. The jingling keys or like, what is it about opening your door that makes you have to pee? It's like a little minute. It's not even a full completed joke. He just like, isn't that weird when you do that? All right. Anyway, back to the story. Ten seconds making this harder. And I don't know if that's all intentionally supposed to make you forget that he opened with that part with the beer part. But all of it takes Seems you away. Pretty intentional. I, a okay. lot of those bits like couldn't stand on their own. Like the urine bit. If he just went oh, up no, and said that a, on right. its own, it's You'd not that like, funny. Go back but like to your open mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like in the stream of a story, it's like, oh, it's a funny little detail. Uh-huh. And then the gummy bears, the texture yeah. wears you out. That's a funny line. Yeah. yeah, I think the line where he's like. You keep your eye, try to keep your eyes closed so you don't wake up. I, I think that's that really, really funny, funny, but no one laughed. At yeah, it. I, I thought know. that was really funny. I like that one. I didn't. I didn't catch that the first time I Me heard it. Me neither. I actually, this is the first, I've heard this bit so many times. The first time I caught that, yeah, because like, you reacted to it. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, that is. <laughs> that's I think that's probably my favorite line. I think that's funny. <laughs> he has all these mini bits in here, and he gets so far away from it. From his and it seems premise. like he rambles almost. <laughs> like it seems like it. Yeah. Well, it's like, but there's a way that he's performing the material that is kind of rambly, mm-hmm. whether it's intentional or not. Like the key fumbling or like the, the pee thing, that's like, or the Miyagi thing. It's like Miyagi's been trying to master it for half a century. He was yeah. involved. But that's actually a well-constructed, like totally right totally the act out of him trying to catch the chicken could be a joke on its, on own, its own too yeah. right and that's what i mean like each one of these actually ends up setting up not remembering the premise of this bit yeah right it's if the weird. bit was a minute long and he called back to the beer a minute later yeah. it's not that funny he right. has to add this like fat in between it's not fat it's good fat but like yeah and that's the other thing it's not it's it's good fat this is good I don't know what's the right kind of fat. Saturated, unsaturated? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever bacon is, yeah. I don't know. It's not trans fat. We'll yeah. say that. <laughs> and there are a few of them in here that really set it up really well because he has basically two phases to this joke. He has the first phase where he's like, here's this story. I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's everything that happened. It was just my day. I don't have the context of anybody else being in this house. All, all to show, and you think it's kind of over. Right, yeah. he, he, you think this bit's done when he says, "And I was not wrong." And mm-hmm. people clap and they're laughing, whatever. And then now add a wife, and he gets to say everything that just happened, all of the pieces of that story, and now add in the con- that context. And each one becomes its own punchline, even though each one was its own joke right. in the first part. Because we already like what we heard, so he doesn't have to make us believe in it, really. Like, he could have created a different story with a wife, but that would have been stupid. But he's a good comedian, so he's like, oh, it's (laughs) parallel thinking or parallelism or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. And what's great is that he got us to swallow all of these little details, which we wouldn't want to hear. Who cares if you had to fumble with your keys? Who cares if you tried to catch the chicken? Mm -hmm. Who cares that you ate gummy bears and you... and None of this is important for the story. It's a distraction. It's all distraction. But he he makes each one of them sort of the setup to the next, right? As he goes through this mundane thing. And then all of that is the setup so that then he can add in these punchlines later for each and every one of those right. things. Like, add a wife. See how far you get. You're not eating ch- chicken naked in your goddamn house like a man. <laughs> like, like, see how far, you, how far you get. Nowhere. That's how far you get. I'm blown away with the craft of this joke. Each detail of the chicken story is the setup to a joke 
when the wife when is the added. wife is there. So it's a punchline, but a right. future setup, I guess. Uh huh. You would say they're like, yeah. It's like it's almost like foreshadowing setup. Or yeah. Something. I love that. Yeah. I love the complexity of this, and I love how it, it brings it back all the way. You have totally forgotten about I'm holding a fucking beer. It's like a shorter, right. less eloquent version of the special lengths worth uh, kick him in the pussy Chappelle bit, mm-hmm. which is like, I'm going to oh, start yeah. it, I'm gonna end a joke with, and I kicked her in the pussy. And then, and he does this mini little story. That's like pretty funny, mm-hmm. but like the final thing with the Emmett Till story is the final. And so I kicked her in the pussy like that, like all yes. culminate. It makes the whole thing come together. In right. This nice right. Right. Love After that. his incredible point. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 About, about civil rights entire... and then just undercuts the whole thing with that stupid punchline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fucking great. Yeah. I, and honestly, the beer in the, the Ari Shafir thing, the beer line, mm-hmm. kind, it's funny, but it kind of seems out of place, honestly. Oh, really? Until you see the. The, oh. the callback at the end. At the beginning, yep. it's just like, oh, he's just telling this random anecdote. It, it kind of relates, but not really. But yeah. then he really makes you understand why he said and, it. And this is end. why... He contextualizes th- it. Th- yeah. And this is why like I say it's not... The, a setup is not necessarily giving everybody the information they need to understand what you're saying. It can also instead be ensuring that they don't have information so that they feel the right amount of confusion so that then when you get why he said that and that it was all planned the whole time and he wanted you to be confused, then it's fucking funny. Right. And it feels like this masterful There's thing. There's a little tension through that whole story. Like, why did he say that beer right. thing or right. whatever? Did I hate... Okay. okay. You went to a... Uh, this is before the scandal stuff, but you went to a Cosby show and yeah. you described oh something God. he did where it was like... He he made himself sound like a rambling old man. Yeah. So 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 trigger warning. <laughs> I'm going to talk about Cosby in the context of how good he was at stand-up, <laughs> and we're just going to assume that we just talked about uh, in, at length how, what a monster he is as a human being. Yeah, okay. Right. right. So right. so I saw him rape, live. Right. <laughs> I got to do it 15 more times. <laughs> uh, are, are you done? No no no. I'm good. I mean, yeah yes. I'm so I I saw Cosby live. A few times um, before, <laughs> I, I, before I almost want to see him live now. Yeah. <laughs> just to come back and be like, "Guess what I saw?" He yeah. did a set in a Philadelphia jazz oh club like God. a year ago. It's really? a great picture of like an old black man just shaking his head while he's on stage. Uh, <laughs> it's great. At the time, I like many other people just idolized the guy, and I want to say that has changed. <laughs> <laughs> do not feel the same way about him. Um, so anyway, but what I I saw him do is he. He had it. He came out. It's like two, he did two and a half hours, just him sitting in a chair. Fucking incredible. Um, and he had this. He seemed like he was just this doddering old fool. And he, it seemed like he kept forgetting where he was. And he had five different lines of logic that he was pursuing at the same time. And he'd hop between them. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? And then he got to the point where he said one sentence, and every word in that sentence. Um, just got closer and closer to like this last word, which was like putting the that 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 keystone in a bridge that holds the whole bridge together. And then he just sat back 
and folded his arms and waited. And laughter just started to roll through the audience as everybody reinterpreted all five lines of logic and, and went, oh, my fucking God. He's been playing us this whole time as being his uh, daughter in a fool. That's um, crazy. And, had, and, and he, his, he planned all of this, every single piece of it. And, and it was just like, fuck. And he just, just kept going and kept going. The laughter just kept going until eventually he was just like, I have more show to do. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ruined some girl's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, was it not that funny until he said this thing? No, there were lots of funny things, but it was confusing. You were like, oh, shit. He's lost it. Oh, right. Like, it seemed like he was jumping back. Yeah, was the joke kind of that he was, he was old and yeah, dumb, kind of? You, you were just like, oh, okay, that's funny, but geez, where's he going with that? And oh, I guess we're talking about this now. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when really he was just weaving this thing that all came together at once. Really? Yeah. I was just like, I, I, it just like, I, I was blown away. A master of trickery. <laughs> <laughs> Any anything else about this Ari Shafir bit? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's a great riff. Come on, let's talk about sex. I think we're yeah, good. That was great. That was good. You were unbelievable, man. Oh, thank, thank you. you. I also oh, want to just plug. You should watch his uh, comedians. You should know bit on YouTube. It's so so funny. It's like 12, 13 minute video. I yeah. think. He yeah. touches a guy's head to start. It's, I do. It's so funny. Yeah. I think that soccer jokes in it. Maybe tell them. I tell th- them more things that he does that would otherwise be surprising and they would laugh at. But now they won't because you just told. Well, them. Well, he's the funniest man in Iowa. <laughs> Iowa, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah, Iowa. Yeah. Twenty fifteen yeah. or. Yeah, there's a lot of good. Co- I was yeah. great. I, I don't want to. That's a good. Yeah, I was Ethan a cool play. Oh yeah, Ethan Patterson, Simmons, Patterson, Gideon Hambright, Iowa. Your cousin, Jeff's cousin. Uh, you can go see him, lawyer. Yeah. Hey, John. <laughs> so let's do some plugs real quick. Yes, and we'll plug. Follow, we'll let's do out. it. So you host a weekly stand-up show in Park Slope. In Park Slope at Cherry Tree Bar, right by the Barclays Center, like five-minute walk. Mm-hmm. It's a cool Every venue. Thursday at like eight-ish, it's really eight thirty, uh, and it's free. It's great. We got it's a great stand-up show every week. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and it's at the Cherry Tree. That's in that's in a part of Brooklyn. If you happen to be come to New York uh, and you want to see some independent comedy, come on down to yeah. the Cherry Tree. Cherry it's a great venue. It's a cool <laughs> venue. Yeah. yeah, Tyler Richardson's show there. It's fun. Yep. it's yeah. fun. Do a lot yeah. of comedy there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, anything else you want to plug? Ah, uh, no, I think that's it. Yeah. Okay. I guess right. follow me on Instagram yeah, at yeah. Jeffrey ATM. It stands for Ass to Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that was my nickname in high school, Jeffrey Ass to Mouth. Uh, because some teacher asthma. gave you that? Just because it sounded like my yeah, the teacher yeah. gave it to me. Because yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't fuck her. So she changed, <laughs> gave me that nickname. It's very funny. And then also you can follow him on Twitter. That's twitter.com forward slash filthy son. Filthy son. Mother a, gave that to you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole dumb story behind that. Not worth the time all right and then uh, uh also filthy son at facebook and then his website do you post where you're gonna be i, I update it yeah i update it very right. very if you frequently see him live go to whitecomedian.com. white comedian 
yeah. you have that. I got that, and it's the greatest thing I've <laughs> ever done. So great. <laughs> Pay like so eighty bucks great. a year for Wait, it. Convenient. It's great. All right. Oh man. And I have I have two asks for our listeners. Number one, I am going to L.A. for three weeks. I'm going to be there doing as many shows as I can, and I've been sending out messages. I've got uh, some shows up on my website. I got five or six shows lined up, and I want more. So if you can help me or point me in the right direction, lend me a hand getting some other spots. I would love it. You can reach out to me. Just uh, shoot me a message on, I don't know, uh, Facebook Messenger is probably the best, but you can also send me an email to jeff at jeffmcbride.com. And from the 19th to the 25th, I'm going to be in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Oh, okay. Hold so on, can I see the Puerto Vallarta <laughs> comedians. I'm just fucking with you. I'm not going to go do comedy in Puerto I will, I will be there. I will be there February like- 19th to March 12th. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> the second ask that I have is if we are moving forward with getting transcripts. If anybody else wants to help out with transcripts, uh, a few people have stepped forward. I want to spread out the workload. So please do uh, let me know. And uh, we have somebody, our wonderful, amazing intern, Mona Ahmed. She's, She's so, so cool. incredible. She's helping coordinate that. And then, of course, please, please, if you're in the area, if you're in New York, stop by Brick Spot Comedy that's in the back room of B Spot. It is awesome. It's so much fun. And uh, our Friday show at 9 p.m. is hopping, hopping, hopping. It is almost always packed out. And uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Oh, actually, can we plug Teresa's new show at the Creek in the Caves? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact dates, but it's going to be a monthly show. It's it's Twitter Wars, and it's at uh, the Creek in the Cave, and it's going to be... Um, a, actually, let's is, check her Instagram. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, check her Instagram. And it'll be in the show notes, and that's Teresa Sheffield, my Teresa co-producer Sheffield, yeah. on a variety of things. She's amazing. She's so funny. She She's puts awesome. together a great show. Yeah. Yes. And then, of course, as always, um, if you would like to support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com forward slash let's talk about sets to support us on a monthly basis. We will take it. Uh, you can also, if you only want to give us just a one time tip, we'll take that. That's Jeff at let's talk about sets.com for PayPal. Or you can do Venmo. That's Jeff hyphen McBride or Harrison hyphen Tweed. You can do that I've too. Gotten, I've got, oh, wait. Actually, I will say you guys are really nice and yeah. I have gotten some. Venmo. Really? I, have yeah. I love you. Thank you so it's much. So nice. It's so great to be remunerated for our efforts. It's just yeah. like, it was amazing. It's just free $5. It's so sweet of it's you. It's not free. Yeah, it's <laughs> I do a lot of work for this, Harrison. Ah. For me, it's for me, it's entirely <laughs> free. <does> <laughs> and if you want to find out more about our guest, head on over to let's talk about sets.com. I have done a lot of work on that website, and you can you can see our episodes organized by the themes. You can see them organized by the comedians that we discuss. You can also get our episodes automatically every other week by subscribing, however you do that, on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, or it's on every single platform, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, I don't use because they charge me money. (laughs) And then uh, special thanks to Rodney Dangerfield. Yes. Rodney King. <laughs> Whose contribution to music. Oh, man. Can't we all just listen to this podcast? And Ari Shafir. <laughs> he might actually listen. Last and, and certainly not least, a special huge thank you to uh, Salt and Pepper. 
Yes. And the legal syndicate that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somehow has not found out yeah. a way to squeeze all the money we don't have out of us. They do a really <laughs> sexy anyway. parody of ours. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they can do a parody of our show. It's yeah. totally cool. We're doing it's... a parody of you. That's how this works. Yeah. It's oh, funny. Really cool. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Let's talk about sets. 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 Let's talk about sets.